J right in your face. Welcome back to episode numero 20 of the Fadeaway. Today is a huge deal. We're two decades old. It's your uh, host, Fetty, alongside me today. My co-host, Zaid, a.k.a. Zaidy McGrady, a.k.a. Tom Zaidy, a.k.a. Sam McZaddy. <laughs> Sam McZaddy. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm How you doing? Man. Good, man. 20, the Ray Allen episode, the Manager Nobly episode. I don't want to say Gordon Hayward because he was... Eh, oh, whatever, man. But, but, We're going to get into that one. Uh, but today we have a good episode yeah, in store. Yeah, uh, screw the formalities. You know me. I know you, the guests. The people know us. So That's let's enough. get right into it because there's a whole lot of crap to talk about. Uh you honestly can't catch a break with this league. I feel like we need to podcast every night because you miss one day and there's like 30 a whole, events. A whole bunch place. of news. So let's get started with uh, a couple series that are already done. Uh, and then we're going to move into some predictions and then talk about an interesting coaching decision that yes. happened in the league. Two coaching decisions. Yes. Same team. So to start, I want to talk a little bit about our counterparts in the East because I do owe you a huge apology. Yes. And I do owe and a lot of other people, I think. I, honestly, this one really tested my basketball knowledge. <laughs> and I, and I kind of sat there and I was like, dude, you blew this. Like this is <laughs> an awful prediction. I like I doubled down so hard that I almost changed it to five for Boston. <laughs> I know. Especially after the first like, game? Yo, oh. you can't blame me. Walk into the Milwaukee Bucks Arena game one. Everyone's like, oh, the Bucks are the real deal. You know, the curse against Boston is gone. You know, they're ready to go. Mm. And then blown out by 20 in game one. And you're like, okay. The Boston Celtics have this in cruise control. You were messaging me. You were like, oh, bro, you decided can, to can stay guard home? Giannis? He can't you you can do this? I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, you decided to stay home on the prediction. You didn't move. So I got to give you um, I gotta give you a lot of credit for that one. Uh, but, man, what the heck happened? Like, four straight games? Are you kidding me? We're going to get into a little bit. But just from an eye test perspective, what what was it for you? I think it was, just, it was mostly Kyrie Irving, I think. After he had a great game one, and then I think once he once they ran into trouble in game two, and they ran into trouble again in game three, and they ran into trouble again in game four, like he just quit. He had, you know, he had those obvious uh, run-ins with the media, like oh, you shot six of twenty-two or whatever it was. It was and he's like, who cares? I'll come back. I was, I'm a, saying, oh, I'm a genius. I'm a basketball genius. Comes back, shoots even worse. Comes back. Oh, who cares? So like his attitude from the beginning. Or once he started losing, his attitude just went downhill. And I think the players around you, they see that. And they're like, okay. I mean, especially the young guys. They're like, okay, like this guy's out. He's got one foot out the door already. So what's the need to, to compete anymore? And that's how it looked like. And and Giannis was unstoppable. They Somehow they stopped him in game one. The Bucks made the adjustment. And the Celtics never, I don't know if they didn't try to make the adjustment or they didn't try to make an adjustment. But they just never seemed like they wanted to respond back. So I, I did pose the question to you earlier, but we can maybe pose it on here as well i asked you if you think it's okay to say that brad stevens is overrated now yeah i'm not gonna go that far mm. because uh, technically speaking this is brad stevens's first year where we actually looked at a team that faced some adversity right. every year he's been overachieving like what they did last year and the year before and the year before the, yeah. it just always seemed that brad had the other coaches bag in his bag. Mm -hmm. So every time that guy went in his bag, it was like, okay, Brad's going to combat this. Brad's going to come back and draw a play. Especially yeah. his end of game plays were incredible. So I'm not ready to go that route because of two reasons. So one, you mentioned Kyrie Irving. I want to go over some numbers. Um, so I'm not going to look at game one because obviously to win game one by 20 on the road, everybody had a good yeah. game. But I'm going to look at the next four games. All of them are losses, by the way. So uh, from a from an average perspective, so Kyrie put up 20 points a game, and the last four he shot 29.8 percent. Yeah, there it is. 
Over a four-game span, you're going to shoot less than 30% as the leader of this team. Yeah. 29.8%. So he averaged 6.4 assists a game. Hmm, not bad. Well, whatever. For his standards, yeah, for, not yeah, bad. Not bad. Right? Game one, he shot 57%. Yeah. The next four, he shot 29.8%. Mm-hmm. So I can't really blame Brad, Brad Stevens Brad, for that. Yeah. Because clearly he's put you in a position to succeed. You have had good games. You're Kyrie Irving. You don't need a coach as much as other players do. You're Kyrie Irving. You're a self-proclaimed genius, right? So I want to look at that. But I also want to look at another guy who's making $30 million this year. Gordy. And Gordon Hayward. I'm not ready to rip on him because coming back from the injury that he's come back from, it is excruciatingly difficult. And I think it's way more psychological than it is Mm -hmm. physical. Because you can come back like a broken bone heals better than a torn ligament. That, that's just a fact. It's a science so, 101. So from a healing perspective, I'm going to go ahead and say he's physically healed. But the psyche, like the fact that you can't jump anymore without thinking, crap, I need to know exactly where I'm landing mm-hmm. because I can so much as land under my foot again and it'll crack in half. So yeah. there's there's a whole like psychological aspect to it. But man. He had flashes. He played 30 minutes a game. 30 minutes a game. He had to. No, he didn't. Of course he does. Because he put up 7.4 points a game and 3.2 rebounds a game and 3 assists a game. And last four games, he shot 24%. You're going to bench a $30 million star? Yes, you can. Especially in that situation. It's the playoffs, man. It's the playoffs. You have Jalen Brown on your bench. You have Jason Tatum on your bench. And you're going to tell me Gordon Hayward is going to get 30 minutes a game? That might not be be a Brad. To to defend Brad, that might not be a Brad. Of course. No, no. This isn't even Brad. No, it's not a Brad But this is what I'm saying. Like, For sure, like you said... The owner is probably saying, I spent money on yeah. this guy. You better put him in. Exactly. Okay. Brad also has a relationship with him from college. Right. So just seven and a half points a game doesn't cut it. You can't play 30 minutes a game and, and put up seven and a half. There mm-hmm. were games where he wasn't even a factor. This is seven and a half, and he had two games where he had like 13 and 10. Right. Other games, he had like three or four. You cannot be doing that. Like, yo, Paul George went through the same injury. And by this time, by like a, a, a year full in, a year, year after... He was balling. He was balling. It's Paul George, though. But Gordon Hayward was worthy of a $30 million contract. Like, sure, maybe don't ball like PG, but seven and a half yeah, a game in yeah. the second round? Unacceptable. So when I look at two of your guys that are really minutes guys, minutes heavy guys who touch the ball, I'm not, I, how can I go against them? These guys are averaging what, between the two of them 27% from the field over mm-hmm. the last four games, and you lose all four. So. I'm not really ready, but I've actually gone ahead and put together a little top five Kyrie moments of the you year. You love top five. Top I love five, top, top five, top five. I love top fives. I think it's good to remember Kyrie this year because he's had a, a legendary season. I've been defending him all year, by it, the way. Oh, oh, I'm not going to defend him. I'm completely going to rip on him. So this is in no specific order. I guess it's yeah. just the way it happened. So moment number one for me is uh, back in. So Boston Celtics held a they they held an event like a gala or like a dinner for their season ticket holders prior to the season. Yeah. And Kyrie came out. You know, he's everyone's having a good time. He takes the mic. He said, you know, uh, this time next year, I'd love to resign if you'll have me. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward six months later, they ask him, hey, hey, now that your back is up against the wall and you said this a while ago. Mm. Uh, what do you say? And he says, I don't know anybody-ish. So yeah. that's my favorite, I mean, uh, first uh, Kyrie <laughs> moment. Uh, my second is when he torched the young guys in the media. So he goes in the media and says, these guys, these guys, these guys, they right. did, they did, they did, they can't, they want this, they want that, they want that. That didn't age too well, Kyrie, because now mm. we're looking at the reason they lost, and it's no they, 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 it's you, 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 you. my man. So uh, that's got to be number two. Number three. 
calling LeBron uh, midseason and apologizing for being a stuck-up brat that he is. I love that. Uh, saying, you know, I, I was one of those guys. And then going back to being one of those guys. So it was a really good moment for us. Um, one of my low-key favorites, and I don't think many people are going to talk about this one, is there was a game I can't remember. It was one of those losses that Boston had that year. Scratching your head, you're like, how do you guys lose this game? Mm. And they ask him, that. How, how does a team this talented lose this this uh, opponent? And he goes, man, you know what? I'm just so tired of the regular <laughs> season. I'm not here for this. Yeah, I'm here for the playoffs. I'm here for when it matters. I'm dying internally mm. at this. Like I'm trying so hard not to laugh because he waited for the playoffs, and then the playoffs came, and he didn't show and up. Went away his talent. So um, number five for me is the who cares moment. Uh, hey, you shot you know seven for twenty two. Yeah. Oh no, you shot eight for twenty two. Oh, you know I'm never gonna do that again. Next game seven, seven for, for twenty two. <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? Ah, who cares? I should have thought. I should have yeah. shot thirty. All right, Kyrie. Um, these are kind of my top five moments, but I want to like segue into what do you think Kyrie's going to do this summer? Um, you know, is he going to resign? I I, I read no, a report what? today. I don't know if you saw this report. Yes, I saw it. Yeah. So yeah. if you want, if you want to talk about that a bit. Well, number one, if I'm Boston, I'm not offering him a max deal. I'm not offering him any any deal. You have, but it's still an asset. Whether it's a, was he? Whether it's a useful asset or a trading, you're going to bring back. I mean, like you, like a, Ky, a Kyrie is a guy you can't just like let walk. That's that's my only thing. But why not? I'm not well, like well, my thing is like I wouldn't say you're better without him, but your team performed better without him. Your team chemistry is better without him. So go out and get another maybe max player. Go out. You have you you mentioned me before before today that they have a bunch of picks co- coming yeah, up. They have a lottery pick next, right? Like so four first rounders this summer. Your your team is set up. Very, very well for players. success. Exactly. So why go out and spend that money again to bring back the guy who was pretty much your downfall all season, right? So if I'm Boston, I'm really being like meticulous with that money. I'm not going to give him that, that max deal because I think there's better options for your team. I'm not saying yes. Kyrie isn't good, but for yeah. your team specifically and for the young guys who have shown growth, you, there are better options. Yeah, and that's a good transition because I was just going to ask you, like, what should they do this summer? Because clearly... It's not working. Like this, yeah. as constructed, yeah. is not working. So where do they go? Because I'll be frank with you, nobody's taking 30 mil for Gordon. So he's staying. Yeah, he's he's staying. Yeah, there's so no doubt about where, that. Where does Boston go? Also, another, another point I wanted to add, don't waste your money on Kerry. You have two young guys coming up who are going to be free agents. You should tie up your money in Jalen Brown and in, and Jason, in Jason Tatum. Tatum. So save your money on that. And then eventually, I'll hope for to fall off yeah. in the next one or two years. So just go out and get a marquee free agent. It doesn't have to be an A-list as in a, a Kawhi Leonard free agent or something like that. But you can get like, I'm not saying they should get it because I don't think it will work. But a guy like maybe Kemba Walker's. That was exactly what I was Right, Kemba Walker um, level kind of player because... He'll he'll take money, a lot of money, but he'll want to play for your team. But well, he's also historically played, like literally dragged people in, out of the mud in Charlotte. So exactly, like, so this there's is a guy who, who's faced adversity and right, is okay with it. Right, and then and, and I feel like he's not a guy who's overbearing and it doesn't have that same mentality as Kyrie Irving, where I'm the guy, I want to be the guy. Obviously, we we haven't seen that because Kemba is the guy and and the only guy in Charlotte. But I think he'll be great for like you sign him for the rest of his prime. Great for the young guys. I think that. The young guys can really develop around him, and if you and if you build around, I mean, Kyrie can, I mean, uh, Kemba can give you a, a couple, three or four good years, really right? Good so years, yeah. he's young, um, man. he's young. Yeah, exactly. So I think I, I, for the Celtics, you go out get a nice free agent, whether maybe, even if it's like a B list free agent, yeah. still still an All Star level caliber player, and then invest in your picks and invest your, yeah. in, in, in your development because you've got really good guys, you've got a really good coach, and then if I'm Kyrie, I personally as an NBA fan, 
I would love to see him go to New York. I, like, I think that's... If him and KD go to New York, I think it's a great storyline. the weakest, mentally weakest NBA superstars in the Absolutely. league. Absolutely. Go to the most... It would be hilarious. style media market yeah. in the NBA. Yeah. And if you don't like New York, you don't like New York, the, the Knicks, I don't know if what the Brooklyn situation is with, with D'Lo now, with the whole marijuana thing, and he's a free agent. Who knows who will offer him? Yeah. Brooklyn's also an option, right? And then I know Jimmy Butler would want to go to Brooklyn. I know KD maybe even want to go, wants to go to Brooklyn. So I want to see Kyrie Irving team up with a another all-star that's not LeBron. Because today what we heard was he spoke with LeBron. Uh, Brian Windhorst said that they talked about playing together again, saying that they need, they need each other to win. But in my opinion, if you go join LeBron, that's still not good enough to win an NBA yeah. title. Yeah, one one last tidbit for Boston uh, before we move on. Um, I, I I agree with you in the, in the Kemba Walker thing. The only other alternative I would say is to bring back Kyrie and then try to make a play for Anthony Davis. Or try to trade him or get like use him as a trading block. That's the only reason you keep him is because Kyrie is he's a top ten point guard in the NBA. This is a talent that anybody around the league would want to have. Yeah, but that that would be kind of my only thing. But I actually did read something that was like the biggest mistake the Boston Celtics did mm-hmm. was not try to trade Kyrie for AD this this season because you have plenty of guards. Can you imagine they just push Rozier to the starting guard? That's it's not a, it's, it's not, not Kyrie, yeah. but that's fine because we don't need a volume PG. We're gonna have pass. Al Horford yes. and AD down low being our defensive big guys, mm-hmm. and Al Horford's a great passer and he's a stretch guy, yeah. so he can give AD room to operate. And, they and they're can, all and they're both stretch guys. Yeah, they can alternate. And then you give both wing guys more minutes and Jalen and Jason. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I, now looking obviously now you look back because you're like oh well they lost in the second round, uh, but in the moment Kyrie was having a fantastic season, so it's hard yeah. to say uh, that that's what they should have done, but. No failed, more Boston failed, moments. Failed experiment, though. They are a division rival, and they are at home watching our Game 7. So <laughs> uh, enough of that. Uh, I don't want to talk too much on Milwaukee other than just say the fact that they actually look very scary. Yes. Uh, and this, like, from beginning to end this year is destined for them to win. Like, they've broken all the records there is to break. They've clicked on all levels. They've yeah. had depth, health. Like, it's just been incredible. I really hope that Giannis is able they- to steal one. Like, being a Raptors fan, I, I, I would love the Raptors to win, but... If they don't win, then nobody else deserves it other than Giannis. What's also key is very quickly is that they don't have bad games. No. Maybe they had one that one bad game against against uh, Boston in Game One just because they Boston actually shut down Giannis, which is huge. But they don't have bad games. The Raptors have bad games. The Sixers have bad games. Milwaukee does not have bad games. So if you're gonna play against Milwaukee, you better bring your A game every yeah. single time. Yeah. Let's uh, take a look at the Western Conference. So a series that actually wrapped up in six, which is. To many, many, many people's surprise after Game 5 uh, with KD being injured and you leaving. Know, yeah. Uh, let's look at Golden State and Houston. So Golden State pulled out the series in six games. Steph Curry had 33 points in the second half of that Only. Game 6. Only second it's half. zero in the first half. Yes. And then uh, Clay had a huge start. Had 21 in the first. Ended with 27. Uh, so the two of them combined for, uh, what is it, like 60? 60 points? Yeah, 60 yeah. points. So, I mean, when KD went down... And I've been saying this all season, and everyone com- constantly rips me for it. Yeah, Stephen Curry is the Golden State Warriors' most important basketball player. I feel player. like a lot of people say that. Kevin general, Durant but... is their most skilled player in yeah. terms of he's a seven-footer who can shoot, who can post up, who's efficient. Sure. Stephen Curry is this team. This yeah. is the heart and soul of the team. So you look at They pull up into Houston. It's a game six elimination game. 
without KD, without DeMarcus. So this is a team that's already thin from a bench perspective. Mm-hmm. Now they're thin from a starting lineup perspective. Yeah. And you could not close out on your own court. Sorry, not close out. You couldn't survive, extend, extend, survive yeah. on your home court against two guys who have been playing atrocious. Steph Curry has been crapping the bed all series against Houston. Yeah. Clay's been off and on, whatever it may be. Like, I guess my question for you is now that you look at, I, not you, but KD's looking at this and being like, man, like these guys just won against Houston without me in game six without me. Like, this Houston is known as that other team. Like, yeah. it's Golden State and then there's Houston, mm-hmm. you know? And they just closed them out on their home court. Mm-hmm. So, as KD, does this make him confident? Does, does this want to make you resign or does this make you kind of hunger to to leave and and want better because at this point i don't know if kd has that ethic in him well there's there's a couple of things with that did you see the picture of kd celebrating in his home when they won there was a there's a i don't know if you saw there's a picture of him in his living room both hands up when they won yeah yeah yeah, celebrating whatever that's all that's nice and all but honestly they they bamboozled kd you know when they told him hey we need you that 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 one summer when he left okc they didn't need him on their team they needed him not in okc yeah, one, you know, there's a huge difference one there. thing that pisses me off I'm gonna just yeah because you brought that up i hate i absolutely hate the argument that well of course they need him because kitty's the best player in the world who doesn't need him okay if if i'm the best team in the world right and i can in history pretty much beat you five out of seven times mm-hmm. let's say five out of eight times I can beat you five out of eight times mm-hmm. as a team. Yeah. This is already something that many teams in the league would love to have. Yeah. The Raptors don't have that. And yeah. that's one of the top teams in the East. Yeah. Milwaukee, they have that. Boston doesn't. Philly doesn't. Mm-hmm. Houston doesn't. Denver doesn't. Portland doesn't. Nobody does. So that is Golden State pre-KD. Yep. Okay? And now you add KD. Now mm-hmm. they can beat you seven of eight times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like, about right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure, they need him to be better. But what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. This is a baseless argument because yeah. they're the best team without him. They're just even more unstoppable with him. So this doesn't make any – like, this doesn't make him any better of a player. This is a guy who's playing single coverage on a nightly basis. Oh, you're mad. Like, I hate <laughs> Kevin Durant. Like, I, I hate Kevin Durant on Golden State. KD – needs to leave he needs to that's what i'm saying build his legacy and, and that's what i was saying golden state didn't need him to win they just needed him not on okc to reduce competition and then it just so happened that houston kind of became the next team but if i'm kd i look at it i'm like well they don't need me they don't need demarcus cousins they're perfectly fine with they beat the next best team without me and and, and all Stephen curry has to do is drop 30 and a half <laughs> you know what i mean like he just turned it on quickly he changed his shoes to the Stephen curry the, the curry ones and exploded, right? Yeah. So, if I'm KD, I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave because I, I need to call them at half and said, yo, some guy called me and gave right, me some you got mad. <laughs> that was awful, man. <laughs> but if I'm, 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 I'm KD. I'm like, I need a challenge now. Like, people already look at me like I'm a snake. People already say my my rings don't measure up to what their their actual value is. You know, not all rings are created created equal. That whole thing, right? So, if I'm KD, I'm like, yo, I'm out. I'm gonna go join Kyrie. I'm still the best player on that team. It's still my team. I am the guy. He is the guy. You know, yeah. he does. He would have a Kyrie kind of player. But also, I want to touch on. We know that Golden State is phenomenal. We know that Stephen Curry is phenomenal. We know that Clay is phenomenal. Jamon Green even had a good series. You know, he, he's, he's been st- playing. Really he's well. been playing really well. So give him credit there. But what I want to touch on is it's more so the the Rockets and and you know Harden still puts up thirty points a game. That's not struggling, but his efficiency is struggling. Chris Paul struggled. We're you're getting paid. 
Chris Paul for the next three years is owed 124 million or something like that. You're getting a max deal, and this is how you're playing. And everyone's like, "Oh, it's so good that the Warriors got them in the second round, and because he won't be injured." It well, was he, worse. <laughs> he was worse than last year, right? So, my my concern more is D'Antoni, James Harden, and Chris Paul. That big three, and then you also have Capella, Capella. sign up for a, a big deal. So eighty five million. That big four there, it's not looking like it's working. So as Houston, what do you do next next year? What do you so, do moving forward? So I've thought about this in my head a few times because. Houston was I, I wanted Houston to go all the way. I, I've been riding Harden's season. Uh, you have been, and that's why I've been telling one, you. I'm like, yo. From day one. And it's just like as much as I get mad at Harden, I'm gonna talk about a few reasons as to why I can't blame him fully. So you mentioned the first thing you, you said is D'Antoni. I'm gonna talk about him right after I talk about Capella. So one thing that was agonizing for me is so Greg obviously is a huge Greg. Rockets fan and, and Sorry, continuously buddy. game in, game out. They didn't play Capella, and he goes, yeah, he's unplayable in this series. That's and this is our Rockets fan. So you're telling me pretty much that I, I signed this traditional big man who has only a post-game. He's not even traditional. He just he, feeds off a, of he's a hard looper. He's, yeah. like, he's honestly DeAndre Jordan, less athletic. Yeah. If like, we're going to be realistic. No, back to the basket game, just catches lobs, gets is good rebounder, good hands. But, Defensive, yeah. But, but he's he's unplayable. He's he's immobile. He's terrible. And like he can't guard Draymond Green. At all. Yeah, so once yeah. they go Draymond at the center, you Done. cannot play yeah. Clint Capella. So you you paid this guy $85 million. So at this point, he's untradeable. Yeah. Not just unplayable. He's yeah. untradeable because nobody's going to pay that much for a center. So you look at Capella, $85 million tied into this guy who's unplayable. Mm-hmm. And then you look at D'Antoni, who's been playing. So usage rate, you talk about this all season. So James oh, Harden's usage in the season, what was like? 49%. Highest in the league by far. By ridiculous amounts. 49% usage. Because he, he had to. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. But there were so many times where they were up 20 or 30 mm-hmm. and Harden's still in the game. Yeah. As a coach, you need to manage the minutes better. And also, I'm sorry, like, what is his game plan? Because I watched Houston shoot themselves in and out of slumps. Right. Like, you're in the slump and all you do is shoot threes. The threes aren't working. What do you do? You shoot more threes. Yeah. So what's your, what's your process? Like, they didn't shoot any mid-range in the series. It was like a historic low for mid-range. Hey. All threes are inside the paint. Melo so, shot or mid-range got kicked off. So, so. when I, I look at a guy who can't manage minutes and who has a really, really poor, really poor game plan. Okay? So you're playing this guy all these games. You're not conserving his energy whatsoever. And on top of that, you have an unplayable, an untradeable contract. Like, there's just... This team is not constructed to compete. And it's funny because now everyone hated on Kobe being like, oh, Kobe's just a hater, including myself. Being like, oh, he can't, oh, James Harden can't win this kind of basketball, this style. So, yeah, today I do feel stupid. (laughs) Yeah. So what? We have our our bad days. Yeah, I predicted Boston in six and they lost in five. Who cares? (laughs) It happens. You think I care? I don't care. It's okay. You won. You won. You won Hall of Fame for uh, not Hall of Fame. Sorry, uh, pick and roll for the year. Yeah. So you you've got something there. But th- just like I said, like we everyone becomes a prisoner of the moment. He's putting up fifty now. He's putting up forty now. He's put up thirty points in twenty straight, thirty straight games, whatever it is. But like we don't judge James Harden off of a regular season anymore. And it, that's why I told you look at the playoffs. Look at the playoffs. He's first of all in the regular season. He's being used up so much, so much. And he, honestly, like from from D'Antoni's perspective, where they were depleted. They didn't have Capella or Chris Paul. Obviously, he had to play like what forty six minutes of the forty eight, whatever. But like you said, when you're up twenty, rest your stars. That's what all the coaches do. They they know how to manage minutes. Yeah. And there is no offensive game plan when it comes to their offense. And I, I remember like when I watched them, when I watched them, I'm amazed because James Harden is unguardable, 
but I'm not amazed at the team or I'm not amazed at their their ball movement. I'm not amazed at Chris Paul. I'm not amazed about any any wing or anything. They don't have a game. They don't have a game plan. It's just give the ball to James Harden and move out of the way or give the ball to James Harden and let him create for you, right? And defensively, you switch everything. There's no game plan with Mike D'Antoni. And I think, you know, he's praised a lot because he has always had the right pieces on his team. Well, Steve really Nash. since Phoenix, like, but he, he had a terrible stint with New York. Not really terrible, but not as good not as, as they good. should have been. He didn't have the and personnel then he was there. Awful after that. Where do you go after that? Was it LA when he, when he injured yeah, Kobe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, Kobe. yeah, 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 yeah. So yes. he, he, when he's been successful, he's had the personnel. He had Steve Nash in the seven second off- offense. He's got and Jim Harden. Yeah, Amari, and Amari. Steve, Sean Marion, Rocha right, Bell. Like, right. That team was great. <laughs> and this team is like. I don't want to say similar, but you have this a similar player in James Harden who runs up the pace, who's a ball handler, who does everything, right? So I think it's time to – I'm not saying – I think honestly, I think you should fire D'Antoni. I think you should get rid of him. Switch it up. What, get, change it because there's have, no you system have, in You have there. untradeable contracts, and this system is not working. Right. So that, like, nobody's taking Chris and nobody's taking Capella. Capella, and ain't nobody in the Houston circle even looking at trading James. Right. So and this so is it for you guys. It's time to get some – they've got some decent role players. I think you need a coaching change. You need a system change. So for, for Houston going forward, I, I, I think Houston I, – I, I don't want to discredit the Warriors, but I think – Houston lost that series a lot more than Golden State won that series. Yeah. And I was impressed that they came back from being too, uh, down two already. So I'm yeah. like, wow, like they actually, I thought they were done after yeah. that. But Houston, you got you to gotta change it up. It's, it's not time to, you don't, don't blow up the team, but I think they need a new system in place to really start yeah. making changes. For sure. So before we move over from, from the Western Conference, well, from this series, uh, I want to read you a couple comments from the owner. So the owner said this. So they, they came to our home court and they kicked our ass, and that's just the way it is. They scored us by 10 in the fourth. They won. They're the champions, and we lost. So they asked him, uh, compare this year to last year, and he goes, hell yes, it's more painful. This was not fun. I guarantee you James and Chris and our team is very upset right now. They kicked their ass on our home court. They beat us by 10 in the fourth. It's unacceptable. We just have to be better. I know that we're going to rise to the occasion, and our time is going to come. So frustration from the owner. Daryl Morey tweeted at the at the Warriors saying, you know, can't come at the king if you're going to miss. So, I mean. It, it, can't come at the king. Can't come at the king if you're going to Pretty much being like, we effed up. Like, we screwed up. Like, we came at no, you. Weird. And, yeah. It's Daryl Morey. Man, everyone in the basketball Twitter world just wants to be weird. And He is a weird guy. Anyway, if you hear him, he's, he's like, very he's, weird he's guy. so smart, though. But, like, nah. Yeah. Uh, James. <laughs> I love James. Uh, I'm Daryl Morey, and I love James and Chris. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about Portland Denver. So game seven tomorrow, three thirty p.m. I like I, I like that series because uh, who cares about Mother's Day, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, game seven, uh, it's been a very very up and down series. I want to get into dissecting the series, and then we'll get end with our predictions. Right. This is good for me because I always rip on Damian Lillard because I think Damian Lillard is a, a crybaby. I think he. Doesn't deserve a lot of the cre- not a lot. No, man. he's got man. That's he's proved true. a lot let this me, year. Let me let me let me digress. So right. I think that he cries too much. Prior uh, to he does uh, receives he does get a lot of credit that he deserves, but this year only. he wants more than he deserves. I'll say that. So let's get into it. Damian Lillard, game four and five of this series. Okay, yep, game four me. and five. 9 of 22 and 9 of 21. <sighs> These are games at the end of a series that you have I to know. close out. And who's shutting him down? Guess. Is it Jamal? Nope. Is it Gary? It's Gary. Gary's a Gary man, Harris. Gary's really good. Gary man. Harris is really good, but you can't be Damian Lillard Yo, begging for first All NBA feats 
And getting shut down by Gary Harris, my man. Yeah, he's good, okay? man. He so a, that's one thing. That's steal for for all the stands that are going to say, oh, that's two games, man. There's six games stands. here. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Let's look at his three-point percentage because that's his bread and butter, right? This is Damian Lillard, the, the three-point god. Logo Lillard. Logo Lillard. Okay? Yeah, Logo Lillard. So many L's in that nickname. So, um, <laughs> Let's look at his three-point percentage. So You're angry today, buddy. Over the past... I, you know what? I think he had like one, maybe one good game. So we're looking at 33% from three. Yeah. That was the best one by far. And then we got 14%. 14? Yep. Then what? we got 22%. And then we got 29%, then back to 22%. Damn. So with the exception of game six where he actually came to play, yeah. which is really impressive because you got to protect your, your – were they at home? Yes. You got to protect home court. Yes. So yes, yes. I'll give him the credit there. Yeah. This just not has not been the series for you. Like I, I can't – you can't rip Westbrook the way that you did and come out of that series like, you know, wait with that game. I mean, I'm yo, not saying on. he's cocky. No, no, no. I'm saying that was a, a fantastic performance. And then you come in and Gary Harris has your number. What if, what if he wins game seven? What and, if he dominates and game seven? And offensively, Jamal is torching you. We're going to get into that in a bit because Jamal and Jokic are killing the game. Jokic is nasty. Like, wow. I, we're going to talk about the Denver side, but yeah. I, I want to hear your Portland thoughts on this because uh, we, said, we said, we said, we said, we said, um, Portland and maybe six. Six I think, or seven. Six, I think we said seven. I th- we said seven. I, I definitely didn't choose Portland in less than six seven. or seven. But I'm like like you're saying. I'm I'm kind of surprised at Denver performing. We'll get into that uh, after. But I'm surprised that Dame and even CJ McCollum hasn't been really rising to the occasion. Like when you talk about playoffs, I'm I need you to drastically change your not change your game. I need you to to, to drastically elevate your your level of play. That's what the playoffs are about. Every great player, if you're playing, your averages go up two or three percent. Your efficiency goes up. Your your minutes go up. Everything everything goes up. But what we're seeing is these guys aren't. They're not playing to their even the regular season standard. And Damien's up there. I think McCollum could do a lot better as well. Cantor was. I think he's doing his best. I think he's had yeah. good games and bad games, but I mean, he's man for a guy they picked up off the waivers. Within, you within, cannot ask for a right, better pickup right, this season. No right. way, and unless you get James Ennis. Clearly, <laughs> I know. But. Um, but an injured shoulder as well, and he's going against an all-star center, right? So you know, he's he's you can't really ask more of him. I just you you just need Damon CJ to play like Damon CJ, right? So when it, I think Terry Stotts is a, is a pretty good coach. I think he's coached them well to this point. Um, they're kind of like you know I've heard a lot of things about them being the Raptors of the West and whatever, and they kind of look like them right now because they they have games where they're on fire and they have games where they don't show up, um, and that's, that's that's a credit to, to Denver's defense. Like you said Gary Harris locking down a first uh, an All NBA first team kind of player, right? Yeah. So I think but I think if, if Dame comes out and shows out in Game Seven and wins the Game Seven, we don't forget about these you know the the woes, but I think that just shows his maturity. I think that shows that. Everything he's been crying for and all the credit he's been crying for is actually he's deserving of receiving that credit. So in game seven on the road, I I'm gonna choose I'm gonna predict um, Portland to win this game, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna predict Portland wins this series. And if Dame doesn't show up and they lose, I am never giving Dame credit ever again in my yeah. life. I'm gonna have to wholeheartedly disagree. I'm That's definitely fine. gonna go Denver at home in seven. Like. It's game seven. It's at home, and Denver just has their number. Like Jokic is putting up 25, 13, and nine in the How? playoffs. How in the playoffs? How is he doing this? Who did they face in the first? Bro, he Denver played, San Antonio. He played sixty-five. So he torched what? 
LA, LaMarcus, like against Portland, I get it because Nurk is out and and um, Cantor is a injured and b not good defensively. Bro, he plays sixty five so minutes it. in the game. How is like, he still outworking your team? Twenty five, thirteen, and nine for a guy who's like certified fat. Like I, I don't get it. And then the biggest thing, like this, Jamal Murray has not gotten any credit in comparison to Jokic because Jokic has been like so fantastic. But yeah. I want you to look at Jamal's season numbers. So eighteen, four, and five off forty four percent. Really good. Which is a pretty good really season. Really good. He upped that in the playoffs to 22 points a game. Well, what do great players do? They, they elevate they, their game And not in the only that, he upped it at the same efficiency. He's still shooting there 44%, you go. putting up 22 points a game. This is a kid. Kyle Lowry needs to be ashamed of himself. Yeah. Needs to be ashamed of himself. Not this is all. unacceptable. Four more points a game. Jamal Murray. He's because of Kitchener, Ontario. You want you want to call Canada soft? Yeah. Chris? Facts, facts. How about Philly? <laughs> How about North Philly? <laughs> Charmin, baby. Um... Let's look at Toronto Philly uh, games. Sorry, yes, Toronto Philly. So game seven is tomorrow. I think we, let's rant about game six first because when we rant, they win the next game. Yeah. So I mean, go ahead, start us because I, I have. What was to that? Say. Where? Where? It was, it was game. Uh, what was it? Game four. We ran after. No, no, it was game, game three. It was game three all over again. I felt honestly the way we came out to yeah. play, it was the same thing. We just lost by a less margin. Wire to wire, we just didn't show up to compete. Like how did, how you're telling me this is a closeout game, and from the beginning, you're not here to play. I watch some of these teams. I'm like, these guys don't ever struggle. You know, there's nobody getting sh- shut down. There's nobody playing poorly. We just and, and you look at it, they're playing. We're getting open looks, and they just don't make shots. Yeah, heading into what the you, fourth, we were doing? minus fourteen in rebounding and minus eighteen in points in the paint. But the rebounding thing—that's a thing we have to live with. Because at this point, we're not going to rebound better. They're, in three quarters, minus fourteen. What are you going to do? Be better. Be minus we seven. Can't. Be we minus can't. eight. <laughs> minus fourteen. Minus eighteen points in the paint in the third in that's, three quarters. Joel and beat. You cannot win a game if your big men don't show up to play. Marcus Saul is showing up to not play defense or shoot the ball or offensively. Shoot, man. So what are you here for? What are you and he's gonna pick up the team option. He's gonna make twenty six million dollars next year. To do what? I know I know you like your stats. Here's a stat for you. I'm gonna pull up for you right now. Kyle Lowry in this series. Oh. I know people love saying, oh, but his plus minus is like <laughs> plus fifteen, plus eighteen. <laughs> so don't comment on his scoring because he's doing good. How about this? <laughs> All right. Eleven point six points per game. Forty percent field goal percentage. Twenty six percent from three. Turnovers per game is two point five. Brother. Eleven point six points a game. Bro, come on. Look, I know his plus minus is really good and Bro, all. We're actually. But how about he plays like a man? We're getting $300,000 on the 1 million for him. He's Bro. literally a third of his production. I'm sorry, man. You can't do this. I, like, you have 21-year-old kids outperforming you. You've got, like, there's guys in the league. Hey, who, hey, hey, bro, 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 bro. He's a five-time All-Star, man. Hey, my bad, my bad. Still my bad, my bad. I can't talk about him anymore. Even though I didn't deserve this year anyway. But, bro, like, just come to play. Like, I said earlier, especially with the whole like, plus-minus thing, fine, whatever. You want to you be plus 18 or whatever you're, when you're on the floor, that's great. I need you to make shots. I don't need you to take shots. I need you to make them. Why? Because you're a threat on the court when you make shots. They don't, they're, they're at the point where they don't have to guard Gasol. They don't have to guard Kyle Lowry from the outside. So you're taking away everything. Gasol's a stretch five. Well, you're, you're not stretch five anymore if you can't make shots. No. And, and, and his issue is that he's not even taking shots. He's being really passive and the only thing he's stretching is the raptors wallet that's all he's <laughs> that's a fact <laughs> he's not stretching no floors i thought you're going with, i thought you were going for something way different there but no, 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 I, I can't use the yeah. on that one so <laughs> but uh, it, it's just, <laughs> it's just it's just embarrassing at this point man like this is the year like i'm i was thinking about it on my way here i was like 
I think this game seven is probably the biggest game in Raptors history. We've compared, said that like four times. No, no, no. But, but for real though, compared to the last game seven with Vince Carter and AI, like that's probably the biggest game seven. Like that one was to go yeah, to because the because of co- what's at stake. No, it's the, the exact. It's the exact. It's same, exact same thing. It's actually the exact down to the opponent. Right. Exactly. Because so, the winner went and faced Milwaukee. That's no what I'm one. saying. The only difference is the location uh, this time, but like, and the players obviously, but because of everything that's happened this year, this is the biggest game. If you if you fail to win Game Seven, you probably fail to keep Kawhi. Yeah. You probably you fail this whole experiment. Masai might walk. Right. So, you you gotta come out and perform Game Seven. And I had predicted earlier, before the series, I was like Raptors in six. But if we go to seven. Sixers are winning it. Yeah, you did. And say I that. I do not want to be right there because I'm the way I'm not I'm not looking at from a home court advantage. I'm not looking at from a momentum advantage. Uh, momentum. Pr- I'm looking uh, at it from a Jimmy Butler perspective. From a Jimmy Butler pr- perspective, I'm looking at it Scared. from a Raptors mentality perspective. I know Kawhi is going to show up, but we're two and zero in Game Sevens without Kawhi. I I know Kawhi is going to show up though. It's a huge stat when Kawhi is inserted into the lineup, right? It's a huge difference. So yeah. I know Kawhi is going to show up, but Pascal, I know you're a little injured. Where are you at? Kyle Lowry, you haven't been here all playoffs? Where are you at? Mark, Danny, I need you Ibaka, to shoot. Three Ibaka, 3-10 last game. Maybe Kawhi has to hit him in the head again. I don't know what it is. Ibaka, sometimes he plays like absolute garbage. And you forget that he's also making $21 million. People think we love money. We always God, bring so up these doomed. contracts. We're but so men, it's, you're, you get paid to play basketball. So like, play. It, it's hard. Like at, at its very base, like people say that, but... How else am I going to help you understand how useless a person is by <laughs> showing you their production as opposed to what they get paid to produce? What are you so, predicting? Are you going Raptors 7? I'm going Raptors in 7. I hope sticking so. with it because we're going to be playing at home. We have Kawhi. Um, oh, Kawhi. And, Kyle Lowry. Was, yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go Game uh, game 7 to the Raptors. But I want to I want to talk about something because, yes, the series is tied 3-3. And, yes, um, you know, Toronto has had some good games. But they've also had some terrible games, which means – that Philly is not as good as we think they are. So a couple questions for you because this is probably the biggest summer in Philly's recent history. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, with the whole tanking thing, they went from like tanking to win now in like no and like, yeah, two, years. two years, two years. So this is going to be a huge summer for Elton Brand and that front office. So the first thing I want to ask you about is the Ben and, and uh, Joel duo. So Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, does it work? And can you win a championship with that duo? I think I think it can work when. I think the proper coaching has to be there, proper offensive system, proper whatever. Because, listen, you, you, if you've got a point guard at six eight, six nine, he distributes the ball very well. And I think I think people really overplay the whole. People sag off him, to, and you get rid of Joel Embiid because you're you're crowding the paint and whatever. They do, ah, they do, but I think it's overplayed because I think they, they don't. A lot of people don't. First of all, don't know how to double team. They don't commit enough to go and double team and, and, and crowd the paint for Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid clearly has proven he's been a monster. And 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 what I was gonna say earlier is Joel Embiid at home is a different beast. And if the Raptors don't understand that after two games in Philly, and then after that third game in Philly, like come on, like you know he's gonna come up and show out. Um, I think so. I th- like I said, I think it can work. Depends on coaching. If if, if I, I'm gonna go with the assumption that Ben Simmons will never get a jump shot because it looks atrocious. Um, well, it also looks like he doesn't care for one. Right. Right. So, so I, I think their games can, in a way, complement each other. With so I I, I I would never say trade one or the other if i'm going to trade somebody honestly i i I think you're gonna not agree with me here for sure but i think you just trade you if you really want to scrap the team and rebuild which i don't think they want to do yet right but i think you trade joel Embiid because he's injury prone his but that's why you can't trade him i mean i think a team there are take i think there will be takers but 
He's injury prone. I think he can get out of shape very easily with, with his habits. So I, I, I just think because of the, the foot injuries and all that, I think that's why you trade him and that's why you keep Ben Simmons. And then you're, you, I think you're going to have to sign him for, you're going to have to sign Joel Embiid for big money soon. But yeah. the bigger question is Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. What do you do? And and Digi Redick, I think, is a free agent as well because yeah, I like, think that's no, but he's yeah. he, he's been also an Achilles heel for many teams. Of these four guys, though, like no, but no, you have to take it in, in total. I'm, I'm I'm just trying to take everything yeah. in, in in totality for the Sixers. Yeah. For me, though, like from a Simmons and B perspective, like what's the difference between Simmons and Giannis? Other than the fact that Giannis is just like a better version, but Simmons is the same type of player who just rushes the paint. He's a big guy who handles the ball, who can pass. And what works for Milwaukee is you surrounded him by wing players. You got a Brook Lopez who's become a, a, a shooter, and that's so, the difference there. Like it's you, the other personnel. You can't, you can't. And and with the way that you have Jimmy, because for me, Jimmy's a must grab. Like you can't, you don't have Jimmy on your team and not try to grab him. And then you have Philly fans chanting Jimmy Butler. You, have you know, to keep and him. and Jimmy's loving the crowd. So there's been there's a bit of a connection there. Like Jimmy's that grimy bulldog guy who he's fits really well in Philly. Perfect in Philly. He's a perfect Philly guy. So you look at him. So I I just don't know. I would look at shipping if I'm Philly. I would look at shipping Ben this summer and really? making a play to re-sign Joel. Uh, sorry, Jimmy and Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. I was gonna Kemba, say. I was gonna I say. I get Kemba go Walker Kemba. to run my point yeah. and have that be your big three. Let Tobias That's walk because, good. to be realistic with you, Tobias has been awful against the Raptors. He's putting up like 13, 14 points a game. He's inefficient. He's not playing defense well. Um, so, I mean, he's he's not he's not having a hot series. Like, he's he's a whatever guy. So, he makes way too much money to be a whatever guy. And I think that if you get that big three, that Kemba, Jimmy, and Joel big yeah. three, I think you can move the team in a much better direction. I just think Ben and Joel, they don't work out together. Yeah. And Ben is just too arrogant. Like, you can't. You Tell simply can't anything. not want to get better like this. Like it doesn't make any sense. In a perfect world, that that actually works really well. I like that idea a lot. With Tobias Harris, I think I, I don't think it's so much that he's not good or anything like that. I just think there's no room for that team. there's no room for him on that team. Like you're like he's, it, a, he's like a third or fourth option. He's too good to be there. Right, he exactly. Be a second second or op- at best a two B option. Like the, the, right. No, so he doesn't fit there. So you let him walk because you you don't want to give him that money. Obviously, you resign Jimmy, sign Kemba, like you said, and their bench somehow like. Is, is destroying the Raptors bench. So they've seemed to have, have, it, have it locked down. But the funny thing is, though, are there really any takers for Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid in the league? Are there really, like, are you really going to take a guy with no jump shot? Are you really going to take a guy with injury, that's injury prone? So Philly might have to just make do with what they've got and not, and just keep that big three of Joel, Ben, and Jimmy, and they just have to figure it out. And they're going to have, and, you know what? At some point, you have to fit, look yourself in the mirror and be like, "Yo, I need to learn how to shoot. I need to learn how to do this." To, you know, if you if you want to have a good career, you want to win some championships, you gotta do it yourself. So, before we conclude the episode, I want to talk about um, the the mess happening in Los Angeles because they just hired a coach. Uh, but let's start a few actually a few days ago, a, a few coaches. So. The first thing that was going to happen, just to give our listeners a, a bit of a debrief, so they were going to hire Teron Liu, who coached the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron and won the championship in 2015. Uh, Teron is known to be an X's and O's guy who yes. figured out players how coach. to beat. Yeah, he's got. He figured out how to beat the Warriors. He's a players coach, and he most of all has an important relationship with LeBron. So this is a very big thing for them. Okay, so they're interviewing Ty. Ty says, you know, I want a five-year deal. I want a championship. This is my resume. This is my pedigree. I want a five-year deal. The Lakers come back and say. Here's what we're going to offer you. We're going to give you three years, and we're going to handpick your your staff. So not only are we going to give you a shorter contract than what you and the league standard 
as we're going to show, Chauncey Billups has had mm. a few comments about this. The disrespect is unbelievable that they've, that they've given to Ty Lue. He's a championship coach. This is an organization with 16 championships. You would think that they would value a champion, but they haven't. But the dysfunction obviously starts at the top anywhere, period, anywhere. But to offer this dude three years when you just coming off offering Luke five Oof. and to try to pick his staff, you didn't pick Luke's staff, is disrespectful. Monty Williams just got a five-year deal. So did Luke, got another five-year deal. Congratulations to those dudes. And that's like the standard. You offer this dude three years, he's a champion. It's, it's just it's, it's pitiful, man. I, I, I don't know what, I don't know what well, they're doing. I don't know where they're going. Well, I'm glad you're a gentleman and you're going to be nice because I'm not. And I've said this before. To me, the Lakers situation and the Knicks are parallel. I always said it was keep, when keeping it, nepotism goes wrong. So the disrespect that they showed him there. So he obviously declines the job. So the best part of this for me is he went in and said, forget Jason Kidd being my lead assistant, which is what the Lakers wanted. Yeah. I'm going to bring Frank Vogel to be my lead assistant. Pretty good coach. Pretty solid. To be their defensive guy, you know, focus on the defense. It'll be good for the team. They're like, no, either this or we don't have a deal. They don't have a deal. Fast forward a couple of days. Frank Vogel gets hired. As the head coach. As a three-year deal. And who's his lead assistant? Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd. So... It seems to me like Frank Vogel doesn't care. He just wants to get paid money and coach in L.A. Three years guaranteed. So That's money. I mean, he's literally being hired to be fired. They're hiring yeah. him for the duration of LeBron's contract mm -hmm. and for the grooming of Jason Kidd. So that once all that chapter is done, they can move forward. They can start over again because Jason Kidd's a really good young players coach. Yep. And I guess that's the, the process. So... Tons, tons of messes happening right now in LA. I know that their fans were going to stage a protest and only like 20 people showed up, but that's fine. Still 20 people showed up. 23. Uh, LeBron's number, ironically. Up. So, like, the Lakers are a. What are they? What are they, man? The lame Lakers. The, the, what do you want to call the them? Lamers, the, the lamers? Los Angeles lamers? The, 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 I don't even know. Like, they're, they're just. Lamers. At this point, it's just an embarrassment. Like, this is one of the best franchises in NBA history. And right now, Bro. they don't have a GM and they don't have a coach. Children Kurt are. Kurt Rambis is helping with the hiring process. What? Ch children are growing up thinking the Lakers are poo. Do you know you why Kurt that? Rambis is helping out? Because his, his, his wife is Because his wife is Jeannie's best friend. <laughs> yo, a couple years ago, we all got finessed and we're like, yo, Jim Buss. Um, yo, he's, he's Jeannie, man. Yeah. You wow. know, Jim Buss is a scrub. Fire him. He's her the brother, reason right? this is all happening. And she fires her own brother. Damn. And ever since that day, they've just gone straight downhill. Jeannie is going to get bullied. Yeah. As long as she's in her position. I don't think the Buss family is going to give up the Lakers whatsoever. No, you don't do that. But... It is just not a good look right now happening in L.A. So for those reasons, i got to be thankful to be in, in Toronto. Toronto. Also, she's getting advice from her. I don't know who her advisors are, but they're pretty, they're pretty crappy advisors. Yeah. They're telling her to trade LeBron. That's her advisor? Who's her, who's her lead hand? <laughs> is, who's her, her hand? right hand? Her right hand. <laughs> Tyrion Lannister? <laughs> With the way he's been calling shots Yo, for the, yeah. the past couple of weeks? <laughs> oh, go, go trust Cersei. She's a great person. <laughs> Boom, you just lost the whole freaking oh fleet of dragons. Goodness, Anyways. Um, yeah, they're telling him to trade LeBron. I mean, I feel like 
like that's just a poor decision yeah. in general. I think she looks- needs to fire Skip Bayless immediately because that is not the advisor that he wants. So <laughs> stop, stop listening to his advice. This is not good for the the sport. Like you cannot trade LeBron. I don't care what you think you can get back from him. You will never get a LeBron back. Yeah. And who do you, like who's gonna give you their corner their cornerstone piece for LeBron? Who? Who's gonna? Give, you think Houston's gonna give up James Harden? Is anybody gonna give up? KD? I wonder. Steph? Actually, I wonder. Nobody. Devin Booker, maybe. <laughs> it's a good deal. Anyways, <laughs> huge game seven is happening tomorrow. We're both pretty nervous. I'm gonna try to catch the three thirty one. Almost impossible. In Mother's I probably will No. A hundred percent. I've let my mom know at seven o'clock. I'm checked out. It's, yeah. it's happening. So thanks, moms. You know, thanks for tuning in once again. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Facebook youtube instagram you name it we got it mm-hmm. uh tune in tomorrow let us know what you think let us know what you think of the episode and we, we do always you know appreciate the feedback yeah. and uh hey, thanks thanks for everything do something special for your mothers you know yeah yeah come on yeah it's mother's day but then cash shop just came at night you know what you should do what you should sit your mom down on the couch and put on a good old episode of the fadeaway <laughs> that's a good 20 idea now, baby 20 baby Vine.